Welcome to Modern Figures Podcast, hosted by Dr. Jeremy Waysom and Dr. Kyla McMullen, where we are elevating the voices of Black women in computing to inspire the next generation of the advanced technology workforce. This podcast exists to highlight the stories of Black women in computing, to inspire high schoolers and the young at heart, and to dispel the myths and preconceptions about Black women in computing. This podcast wouldn't be possible without our sponsors. This season is generously supported by NCWIT and CRAWP. The National Center for Women and Information Technology, or NCWIT, is a nonprofit community that convenes, equips, and unites change leader organizations to increase the influential and meaningful participation of girls and women in technology. And the Computing Research Association's Committee on Widening Participation in Computing, or CRAWP, endeavors to increase the success and participation of underrepresented groups in computing research and education at all levels. Hello, everyone. We have another very special guest with us here today. Everyone's very special here at Modern Figures Podcast. But today we have Dr. Jamika Burge. She is actually our first repeat guest. So if you may remember, repeat guest, come back, girl. (laughs) She was on episode four, which was called Computer Science is for Everyone. So you can take a listen to that. Since that episode, I have met another person from Rome, Georgia. So I had wow. to say, right, there's two. I won't, I'll tell you his name off camera, <laughs> but you know him too, Jeremy. But uh, yeah, he's part of a project that we're on. But yes, okay. I was like, oh, people, people, plural, you know, are from Rome. <laughs> so uh, Jamaica, if you haven't heard the episode, she is a mogul who is changing the game for Black women and girls in tech. How do we describe her? I would like to take her own words from a previous episode where she said she, she is the, I say she's the captain of owning your voice in the world. And she does this through computing and technology. So she uses computers, technology as a vehicle to show up in the world. And I just love that. So she, it's good. I'm telling you, it's so good. She is the director of experience products and platform design at Capital One. She's also the co-founder of Black Computer. And that's what we're here to talk to you mostly about today. And if you haven't heard of it, Black Computer is an organization that's dedicated to supporting computing and tech education and workforce development for Black women and girls. She's also the co-founder and principal of Design and Technology Concepts, LLC. Since we last met, she is the 2021 recipient of the Richard A. Achievement Award for Scientific Scholarship, Civic Science, and Diversifying Computing. And if that was not enough, she was part of the pre-show where she got to share the stage with others, sharing her experience as a Black woman in tech on the DC leg of Michelle Obama's book tour. Mm. She runs camps. She does curriculum for schools. She's part of Girls Rock Tech. Like she's just the definition of Black girl magic. We're so happy Mm -hmm. to have you back. Thank you, Jamika. Oh my gosh, that was me you were talking about <laughs> oh yes that's you girl <laughs> thank you so she much. forgot she forgot y'all it is such... sometimes you gotta remind people Look, yes. you know, sometimes we forget we do a lot we do a lot mm-hmm. and what i'm really grateful for beyond being here a second time so thank you my sisters but what that brings for me is the knowledge that yeah we do a lot and we should celebrate ourselves and the work that we do a lot but man, I need to rest. Like it's, it's time to get a bit of a vacation in a minute. So thank, thank you for that reminder and for, for those flowers. I appreciate it. It's so good to be back with you. You're very welcome. We're happy to have you. Anytime you're speaking, Jeremy was just saying before we started talking, I echo the sentiment. Anytime you are speaking, I need to have my ears in an audible place if it's mm-hmm. possible. So if you've never heard her speak, if you see her name come across your inbox, a conference program, just come because you are definitely going to get some insight, just some moments of reflection. Just, just It's just great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and likewise, mm-hmm. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Okay. So when Kyla and I read the email that you sent us, I think we both had a moment of like, oh my goodness, we've made it. (laughs) We have arrived. We are here. (laughs) Like someone sees us. Like, 
I know we're we each at the. I know, like we're 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 doing this podcast. We we love doing the podcast. It's like really a thing that we do from our heart. We would do it if no one listened. But the doctor Jamika Burge asked Kyla and I to be MCs for the upcoming Black Compute Her conference. And let me just say. It is an honor and a privilege. Yo, it's it's even more exciting than me. It's so exciting. And just so y'all know, the email is that I um, had been thinking for a long time, actually, a couple of years here, about how we might do something different, bigger, more exciting, um, more inclusive of all the voices in our community for this year's Black Computer Conference. And we'll talk more about that in a moment, but I couldn't help but think, how might we create space that includes voices that this community knows and Mm. that celebrates Black women, Black girls in tech, as few others do, and who do so as a way to amplify who we are, own our own voices, and craft our own narratives. Because if we don't talk about ourselves and the work that we do, if we don't celebrate ourselves, how can we expect other people to do it? And so you two embody that in my mind. And so let me me say that this year, our fifth year celebration of the Black Computer Conference is the first time we've had any MCs ever, uh, other than us as the co-founders, Quincy, Jaquita, or me, Mm -hmm. to either serve as moderators or facilitators of a panel, whatever that is, you are the first. And so might I say that it is a fitting (laughs) inaugural moment that you two not only said yes, but that we get to truly embody together what it means to own our voices on our narratives and literally celebrate ourselves with our own mouths. So thank you. Yeah, I was excited and glad you said yeah. Oh, thank you. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, it's going to be more than great. It's it's going to be, Kyla refers to one of our conferences in computing as chicken soup for the computer. It's this one. It's, it's that. And, it's this oh, one. it's this one. Okay. This one. Well, okay. <laughs> if that's this conference, then like yes. imagine like being a part of it, like a part of it, an integral part of it. Like, I don't know what that is. Well. Is it Jesus? Like, I don't know. Like, we're, we're part of something bigger now. Yes. It's always so good. It's always like, I'm always happy I came. I always like, when you go, it's like, I get to be around Black women who are in tech. Things that are, things that are said, you can label things unsaid because usually, you know, at conferences, when people agree, you hear, yeah, and here you hear, mm. And amen. This, yes, and amen. And it's very much, you know, it's just this camaraderie that Black women just have in this world where we are just the onlys, the onlys, mm-hmm. and we understand each other's experiences. And, you know, you can get so much of a deeper dialogue because you don't have to explain your whole experience to someone. Like, they're already there and you can just get, it's, it's so great. Yeah. I love this well, <laughs> I, I'm so grateful to you both and for your having participated and supported the conference. You know, one of the things that I like to just use to describe this experience is it isn't about Black computers. It's really about the community that Black computers supports. It's really about you. And, you know, when we first started it, we were just a group of about 25 people. And yeah, can you tell us about that? Like, what is the origin? Like, what made you say you were sitting down one day at your desk and you said, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna have a conference that, you know, how did she was on a power walk? I don't think she was sitting down. How about all the above? Right? So, you already alluded to, you know, this being the space, one of the few spaces. I mean, these days there are a bit more. I mean, Black women are kind of beyond the flavor of the month, but we were aware of the value of Black women in tech before it was fashionable, right? And you two can attest to that as well at being at a conference, a tech conference where you're one of the only ones. Maybe you see another Black person around the other room. It's probably not a Black woman, but it could be. And if it is, Mm -hmm. you are both probably commiserating over dinner before the end of the conference, right? And there's a lot to be said about what that experience is like being the only one in the room, you know, isolation and being one of a small group of people can be likened to pain. Pain is something that is very personal. 
it's localized and it can be hard to explain to somebody else how you're feeling, how you're hurting. And similarly with isolation, how do you explain what it's like to be one of the few in the room who may not even just have your own experience as a black person. I might have more in common with a white guy who's technical, but that experience of being the only one who looks like me in that technical room is so big and can be hard for people to Mm -hmm. understand and certainly hard to describe after years and years and years. And so, um, you know, we had this idea, uh, to figure out how might we go about creating this community for black women in tech. And when I say we, you know, I had this conversation with Jaquita Thomas, who's now at Auburn and um, thinking through what it might look like to, even if this first time, just convene some people and have a conversation. And that's how it started. We brought together 25 people, black women who were in tech in various sectors, academia, government, industry, um, nonprofit spaces, entrepreneurs, uh, women who have been mentors and professors for many, many years, women who come from being chief diversity officers and high level funders for a lot of our organizational activities. Uh, and then there's there's me, right? There's this person who, for many, many years as a graduate student, uh, was at the Tapia conference, putting together a BA for other graduate students, or um, having spent some time as a faculty member at Howard, but also was was doing research in government. How do we pull all these voices together and, frankly, just understand what our experiences are? Because I don't think people really know. And not only do we bring people together, because I don't think they really know, let's tell folks <laughs> how it really is. And so... This work started off being um, an exploration of intersectionality and computing. How might we understand the factors at play uh, for Black women in tech? That was it. It was a research question Mm -hmm. that was supported through the convening of a conference because that was the vehicle through which we invited the conversation. And on the Mm -hmm. surface, it was absolutely a conference before a conference actually happened. But more than that, it it was a way to really investigate empirically because we know that data and numbers mean things where we come from. Mm -hmm. It was an opportunity Mm -hmm. to really dig in and say, well, now that we've got these people who are the community that we're serving here, how can we really craft not just a narrative, but an empirically accurate and straight description of what black women's experiences are like. And so intersectionality as a core theme made sense. And Mm -hmm. that meeting over two days was our opportunity to craft what effectively became these themes around ideals that help to create stronger identity, create a narrative, identify the research opportunities and the community needs of this community, as well as being able to voice to all those who are interested. And even if you weren't, we're here, we know who we are, And we're no longer going to hide behind this veil of invisibility or isolation, which for many of us has been all we've ever known. In fact, the one thing I'll share before I stop talking, because I want to dig into some really interesting things about the work that we're doing. One of the major conversations of this convening was around how do we even call ourselves, right? Because calling ourselves Black hasn't always been something that we've done, to be honest. I mean, we are still African-American. We are still the American Negro. We are still Black Americans. But using the term Black to refer to ourselves wasn't something that we've done a lot, uh, at least up until that moment in computing. And we were having Mm -hmm. a conversation near the end of the conference about, well, what do we call this thing we're we're about to do now? And how do we refer to ourselves? Are we African-American women? Are we AAs? And what does that look like? And our friend Tiffany Williams, who is now- (laughs) I love Tiffany. (laughs) He said, "Um, why don't we just say Black? That's what we're talking about, right? (laughs) And it was like a big light bulb went off because we were like- that's hilarious. I, wait, I heard that in her voice. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause, cause even amazing. for us, identity had been drowned out by the fact yes. that we were having to fight even for a voice in the room. We didn't even recognize yeah. that the way we show up matters. 
And so mm-hmm. it was an important conversation for us to have where we realized, you know what? This is who we are. And not just as American women, right? We're talking about Black women who are across the globe because we, have, we, we, we all identify with being that differentiated experience in the room, but also mm-hmm. being the experience that is the most unique and often the most connected to innovation. So it certainly yes. gives us the opportunity to own who we are and to say, yeah, we're Black women in computing and we're Black women in tech. And we do so unapologetically. So it was the start of a whole Mm. lot of conversation around who we are, how we call ourselves, uh, what we need, and doing so in a way that required us to even sit up a little straighter and to acknowledge Mm -hmm. that all we've accomplished is important. So let's start celebrating it. I I loved that intersectionality was like a key theme throughout this whole thing. And And I think oftentimes... Okay, when we think about intersectionality, we exclude certain attributes of ourselves, mm-hmm. right? And you're bringing in the workplace piece of who we are. And that identity is oftentimes something that, like, I know I personally am not waking up in the morning saying, like, I'm an engineer. Like, it's just <laughs> not a thing yeah. that, like, I'm conscious of until I'm in a setting where it has to be present. But the other things of being Black and a woman are things that I can't just turn off, right? Like I can't walk into a space and make it go away. And you acknowledge not just that, but also like this very important integral piece of who everyone in that space Mm -hmm. is, right? By naming it what you've named it. I love it. Yeah, I like that it is precise. You know, we're not going to drown ourselves out in the woman of color who, you know, like, no, we talking about Black people, so we're going to say Black. That's right. We Black. And, you know, and it's, it's, yeah. it's such an interesting conversation too, because if you think about the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement that we see happening right now, the resurgence mm-hmm. certainly in how inclusion is discussed at the corporate level, there yeah. is this hinge on race and gender and easily we can see that there are some differences in how we look when we walk into a room, mm-hmm. irrespective of, to your point, Jeremy, of the engineering piece or the computing piece. We don't even get that far because the first thing you notice mm-hmm. is that I'm a little different, which is why I wear really red lipstick. So you, it's unmistakable that I'm going to walk in the room and my hair is straight today, but don't let me get my fro going because that's a different way <laughs> of showing up. It's a whole different presentation. Right? Right. And so- Part of why inclusion can be so difficult in these corporate spaces is because we hinge on the things that are most obvious. Oh, race and gender are Uh obviously different, right? But I think how we center that difference is what matters. Different from whom? Different from what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, from a white guy, sure. From a white woman who's leading another tech organization, not so much. But our voices are very different than women in computing. Uh, gender diversity in computing mm-hmm. is often hinging on white women. Not that Correct. their experiences aren't important, but imagine what it's like if women of color, which is another blanket term, uh, would include another Hispanic one women, black that women. we are also inside of. Exactly, right? <laughs> I believe in calling it what it is. If you're talking about black women, call black women's experiences out. If you're talking about Latinx, if you're talking about Pacific Islander, if you're talking about Asian American, Asian women, period, call it what it is because even as a group as a collective of women of color we're not monolithic and as black women our experiences are also not all the same so in Mm -hmm. intersectionality where we're forced to contend with those intersections of differences not just of identity but by the differences of the fact that we are treated differently our discriminations are differently compounded because of the experiences of our racial differences and discrimination and our gender Mm -hmm. differences Mm -hmm. and discriminations. And so compounding those effects give a very different picture of black women in computing. We wanted to capture that. And hopefully, you know, it, it helped, it certainly has started off in creating this difference of how we talk about ourselves. And we're seeing that's happening more now in, in corporate spaces. I mean, National Academies just launched a report yep. on the changing trajectories of women of color in tech. 
at focusing and hinging on intersectionality as a differentiator, right? Because until we acknowledge some of these systemic barriers, we can't really be honest with ourselves about how to really shift the way we are supporting all people in computing because we're ignoring the very things that make it very different for, for people who are not part of the mainstream. Absolutely. 1000%. I also love how she just, you know, dropped off that report and like, yes. didn't mention that she's contributed right. to that report and is a member of the committee <laughs> that was identified to pursue said work. That's so true. For those you of know, you who don't know. <laughs> I appreciate that shout out. And, and, you know, my, I think my point to there because I would love for folks to read the report, mm-hmm. uh, think about what it means. And for a lot of people, I don't think they're going to be surprises, especially if you've been in this space for a long time. But I think the, the the centering on intersectionality, again, is so important because it shows how far we've come. We couldn't have had this mm-hmm. conversation before George Floyd died. In fact, we've been trying to have one of these conversations. Right. Uh, but after we lost Mr. Floyd, there was a shift in conversation around race in America. And it filtered to other areas of work. It filtered to areas of experience where some folks for the first time realized, wow, Black people's experiences are different. For us, it was Tuesday, right? Yeah. But the right, fact that there right. was this awareness that things were really different for other people then became a broader conversation. And then it became a conversation about, well, why are things different? And it's not just because Mm -hmm. of race or gender, it's because of the systemic barriers that are in place that are there for a reason that are intended to keep everybody from having true equity. And we have to recognize that getting around those barriers and getting through to success, getting through to access actually matters. It matters for me as a Black person that my experience is different from even a Black man, which is different from a white woman, which is different from mm-hmm. a, a Latina man, Latino man, right? All those experiences are different because we're bringing with us experiences that are, again, not part of how we're developing technology. It's not part of how we're doing mm-hmm. research that is trying to understand the broader user experience. There are very niched experiences that happen and that are part of every experience. I'm not saying that black people are inherently different from white people. We're human. But if we ignore the fact that there are some nuances to how we show up and to how we get to the table, let alone sit at the table, then we're doing a service to truly doing work that matters in the diversity and inclusion space. Yeah. And it's, it's present in healthcare. It's present in our political system. It's present in our educational system. It's so deep within our construct as a country and in the world. So it's not a simple task. The things that you're trying to address with the National Academies, I think are remarkable. But what I think is most remarkable about it is the willingness to literally shout from the rooftops. We see you. Yes. And we're not going to let this continue. Like, this has just been a conversation for too long. So we need to move from conversation to action so that we can see something really shift. And it's not just the National Academies having this conversation. It's the American Association for the Advancement of Sciences. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, the National Science Foundation. It's the National Institutes of Health. All of these large organizations, some government funded and some not saying like, this is where we draw the line in the sand and we have to, so that we can as society see true progress, see real change. Be accountable. So, but, why, but why did it take this long? That's what I, I we've been black a long time. <laughs> having experiences a long time. Like I'm happy and all, but I'm just like, could we have come to these realizations before people had to die before things like on such a grander scale had to happen? Like, what is it about humans that make them not able to see someone else's experience or someone else's like perspective? Like there's this woman, uh, Jane Elliott, and she's, you know, done stuff, 
years and years and years, but like she just has one little like demonstration where, you know, she asks white people, okay, do you think black people are treated any differently? No, everybody's treated by the content of their character. Da, 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 da. And then she's like, okay, stand up if you would like to trade and be a black person, be treated like a black person and not a single soul would ever stand up. And she's like, that's the problem. Like you recognize that there is an issue. So I'm like, if we've had this, this realization for all this time that there is a difference, like I'm, I'm happy it's happening, but I'm also like, really? Why, why did it take this long? Yeah, Jamie, Jamie. I don't have an answer for that. Well, yeah. you know, I don't think I do either. I, I think I have a conjecture, but you know, you know, for on the one hand, I, I love Jane Elliott's work, right? I love her blue white her her blue white experiment experiment where I love um, it. <laughs> you know, is is really providing a deep personal experience around difference, around differentiated mm-hmm. experiences. And often, again, with this conversation around inclusion, it's hard for people to see it because they don't understand they've never felt it before they've never felt ex- excluded they don't know what it's like yeah. to not be the the majority in the room or the majority in the space um and so providing a space where people get to actually experience it firsthand helps does it solve it all never because we're still having these conversations right um on the other hand mm-hmm. to your point you know why does it take so long i think it often, these kinds of conversations, receiving this kind of funding, providing these kinds of safe spaces happen because we're the ones who are facilitating the conversation. You know, we were mm-hmm. able to get our funding um, because NSF had program directors who look like us, right? Yeah. We, I know I'd been trying to submit for similar kinds of work before, but never it got, never did it get a second look. But you know, we had wow. program officers who were advocating that this work was important, not because it was focused on Black women per se. I mean, there was no research really focused on computing featuring Black women, but this was empirical research. And so we weren't just saying this is important work. This is research, right? This is going to change the narrative. Here's the data. So that's part of it, right? Ensuring that there are people who look like us in the spaces making these decisions. And I think that's Mm -hmm. also the, the, the... the opportunity for black computer. We are the space, we are the voice in these spaces when nobody else is there. And recognizing that even as co-founders, you know, among Quincy Brown and Jaquita Thomas and me, as black women, we know what it's like to be in these spaces. And so our our mm-hmm. our experiences, the work that we do is not all that's not anecdotal. It's experiential. But we also recognize that anecdote alone does not a movement create. And so creating the value around the research, recognizing that we have not only experienced this work, but we've also been on the other side to really evaluate uh, what it means to be in these spaces. And if we're the only ones in the room, that's okay too. Uh, We've been there, we know what that's like. And so I like to think of uh, Black Computer, again, not just as an organization, but the community that the organization supports because we stand in that gap, we know what it's like to be in that space. And so been doing this a long time. And if we're the only ones now, it's less, we're the only ones in the room, but we're certainly there uh, holding people up and continuing to support others as, you know, we've been here a long time. So we're not going anywhere. And we're thankful for that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think like, it would be helpful for people to really have a better understanding of the different components of what black computer is like, what do you do overall? Cause it's not just the conference, right? Like you're doing so much more. So could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Thanks for the question. Uh, we certainly started as a conference and that's a big component, but I would argue it's probably, it, it's, it's probably not the most important part. I mean, it's wonderful because it helps to connect our community People look forward to Black Computer. I've had people tell me that's the best conference they've ever attended, tech or not, which is humbling, and speaks to what I believe is a personal responsibility to continue to protect the the best interest of this community, uh, which, by the way, is why we don't offer or provide for resume sharing and um, interviewing or other kinds of really serious company presence at the company at this conference, like you see in others, 
not because they're not great opportunities for op- for for career moves, but that exists in other conferences. This is a different kind of space where we believe in psychological safety. We believe in supporting people and building relationships before we can recommend that, you know, this is a space where you can bring in your recruiters and in some ways check a box for how you're hiring or how you're showing up in hiring because hiring is important. And we, I recognize that certainly. Um, But what, are we doing beyond hiring? But we'll get into that later. But there's this, there's a conference. Um, but we also have other programs. Our signature program is our Black Computer Fellows Program, which is a year-long intensive program that brings together a cohort of Black women who are anywhere from their starting careers as graduate students to those who have been in the industry for years, to those who want a career change and are moving to tech from another area of of impact. Um, This really gives us an opportunity to pour into women who are in technical careers. Uh, They've started this work and they are looking for community and connection to continue the work. And so this is a, a really important program for us to be able to regularly connect with these women and continue to support them beyond the program. As of this year, we've actually just finished uh, our last round of applications, which is into our fifth year of the program. We now have over 60 women who've come through our fellows program. And it's incredibly exciting because these are women who, before they started, uh, didn't know anything about the program. And I didn't blame them because it was new. But they're now anywhere from, you know, participating, going to grad school at MIT. They are exploring and excelling at careers at Google and other tech companies. They are faculty members who are changing the game locally and are nationally recognized for their contributions in STEM and tech. All of these are descriptions of our fellows, which is amazing. And it speaks to really fantastic women who were already leaders but we just created the space for them to convene together. And that is the beauty of one of the areas of beauty for our fellows program. Uh, so there's a conference, there's a fellows program, and there is our Cite Her publications uh, program where we invite anyone who is familiar with the research and publication record of Black women to support that work into our citeher.org website, where we are accumulating all of the research that's relative to tech and, and, and computing and providing a repository. Because again, if we're not crafting the narrative around what the contributions are for our community, by our community are, it, we can't really expect anyone else to do it. And so um, those are three of the major programs that are part of our work, but uh, there's more to come, including uh, collaborations with you, Modern Figures, that we'll keep on ice for now because there's more to come there. But we've also worked with other companies and organizations to encourage active participation from their companies at uh, Black Computer at the conference. Uh, we've also worked with other companies to develop effectively training programs or outline what training programs can look like for developing the next workforce of Black women in these organizations. And I think that helps to not just change the conversation that we see of who can do tech, who's doing tech at these companies, who's leading and influence tech at this com- at these companies. But Black Computer itself, too, is effectively a thought leader in uh, changing the conversations around how we can craft and maneuver the landscape for Black women. And, you know, whether it's the conference, whether it's the fellows program, whether it's making connections and giving people opportunities that they didn't have while building relationships with companies and sponsors, you know, it truly does take a village. And we, I think, are the connectors that can help to fill in some gaps where they may not already already be there. And, you know, it's one of those things where no one organization is going to change the game for equity and inclusion. It really takes all of us. And I think Black Computer just plays a role where we recognize that the voice of Black women and girls matter. And that's what we're going to continue to do. So I know, thank you so much. So 
I have two questions at the same time, but I'm going to say the first one first. So I am someone who's listening and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is such a great thing. How do I become a part of it? Like, What do I do? Well, it depends on your interest. So I would send people and invite people to visit our website, blackcomputer.org. It's spelled as it sounds with a little bit of a difference. It's, it sounds like black computer, but it's spelled black compute her, B-L-A-C-K-C-O-M-P-U-T-E-H-E-R.org. Visit our website. The first thing you'll notice is an invitation to attend this year's conference, which is April 8th and 9th. So not far from now. It uh, is coming up. Get your ticket. It's coming up. <laughs> and I'm really excited about the speakers, the theme. It's our five years. We've been doing this for five years. And it's a testament to the community's interest, the community's support, and how far we've come. And that's what we're going to be doing at the conference, reflecting on our five years and looking ahead to the next X more. So there's the conference, which we invite people to attend and register. And I'll say that we are actually having a couple of blitzes where for anyone who registers, we will uh, reimburse you. So free registration, more de details are coming on that. But for those who are listening, you might hear of one or a couple of blitz that we're going to provide to the community so that you can get your free registration on. Uh, for those who are just in our fellows program, we have eligibility requirements online as well, blackcomputer.org slash fellows. And therein you will read and find more information about eligibility requirements. We love that undergraduates are very interested in our program, but this is not a program for undergraduates because we are focused on career development. Um, but we are building other programs and making connections with other organizations where we absolutely support uh, college students, but also high school and middle school girls, particularly through our Black Girls Rock collaborative through to create Girls Rock Tech. And if you're interested in submitting and seeing what other kinds of publications we have, citeher.org, C-I-T-E-H-E-R.org is a great place to go to, to find more information. And you can also find it that website, that pointer on our website, blackcomputer.org. And we will link all of these in the show notes on the website, or if you're listening on whatever platform, it'll be in those notes. So awesome. Second question. <laughs> go ahead, Kyla, go ahead. I know I get a lot out of the conference, but you being one of the leaders, one of the organizers, I'm sure that you have plenty of like anecdotal stories of like how uh, just not even just the conference, but like this community has been helpful for people. So do you want to, can you give a couple of like anecdotal stories of like how it has changed the, someone's trajectory or like something happened that would not have happened if not for Black Computer? Absolutely. And, and I'd love to hear either or both of you to share similar stories because, you know, you both are regular attendees. And again, I'm grateful yes. for, for your, for your stories. I'll say that the fellows program itself is the idea from the conference starting because the fellows program is just about four years old. Uh, we've, we're just finishing our fourth cohort and the fifth is coming online. And so the fellows program hasn't always existed, but the idea of what it means to create more consistent and connected um, community for our, for our four Black computer attendees and participants was something that came as a result of the first few conferences. People loved coming to the conferences, which we appreciated. But then they had the next year to look forward to and there was nothing in between. And so how might we provide a level of more regular connection for people, and that's where the fellows program came about. I dare say that I don't know of any other programs like the fellows program through Black Computer that exist. Now, it's not a traditional fellowship program. There's not going to be funding. There's not going to be uh, a component that is drafted around your connection with a university. It's a different kind of experience. And even though that's different, it's never it's never kept people from saying, you know what, I still want to do this. And the reason why is because it does provide that regular monthly connection where we bring in a tech leader, we bring in an, an executive in tech and provide either a workshop or one-on-one -on -one conversation with this executive in a space and in a context that probably wouldn't normally happen. 
And it provides a way for people to listen in to what's happening in the industry and gives them an opportunity to grow with other women who are pursuing similar kinds of interests. And I don't know of any program that provided that kind of connection for Black women and that kind of up-close exposure to technical women who were SVPs, CEOs of tech companies, and running things in a way that uh, really provided that level of access. And so now- Can I be a fellow? I want to be a fellow at this point. I would point. love for you to be a fellow. I would love for you to be a speaker and, and you know an invited guest because it truly is not only developing our fellows. So again, this is an opportunity to continue that connection beyond the conference, but year over year, it develops our fellows. Our fellows stay connected and are then pouring into the community as leaders themselves. So this year at the conference, for example, our fellows are speaking at the conference. They are presenting tech talks. They are devising and facilitating workshops. They are inherently part of the leadership now of this community. And beforehand that didn't exist. And we're seeing fellowships now in other organizations where we're talking about incredible opportunities for people to learn how to address diversity and inclusion and the racial equity that hasn't existed before. But now we're seeing more of those opportunities where now it makes sense to create these kinds of longitudinal experience for people, experiences for people to really understand the value of what this community of, of, of Black and Brown men and women and non-gender binary individuals really value. And I'm just glad I'm, we're not the only fellowship in town now, which is great. But I think we we started an important conversation about what it means to truly transform community. And I'm really proud of that. Um, humbled that people still want to participate in our program. Every year we get many more applicants than we can allow, unfortunately. Um, but it really does help us to situate the experiences and make them much more personable so people get a lot out of it. And that that to me really makes a difference. Um, I just want to share my experience. Please. <laughs> um, so, you know, in January 2017, I was still a PhD student. Really? I guess yes, you were. Yes, I was. And so <laughs> I was going through it, y'all. Um, I was in the depths of data analysis and there was a lot of it and laying on the floor in my lab, sleeping with a machine <laughs> that was running some <laughs> stress tests nearby, trying to fix, you know, asphalt pavement. So I was not like in the mindset of let me be a part of black tech women's spaces like that was just not a, a thought in my mind at all to be completely honest with you and like I'd met Juan Gilbert at this point he'd swindled me into being a part of the National Society of Blacks and computing events that sounds like Juan and I had a wonderful time that was a great experience for me thank you Kyla for You're that experience welcome. um <laughs> That was kind of my first experience being like, oh, okay, people in tech are normal. Like, they're not strange. <laughs> um, I could do this. Like, these are just regular Black people. Um, yeah. So when the opportunity arose for me to go to Black Compute Her, I was just like, I felt, I felt like such an outsider. Like, I felt like this is not the thing that I should be doing. Like, I felt really wrong. Like something is just not right. And a lot of it was me, right? Like I had this whole like imposter syndrome thing going, even though I was like managing like a $5 million grant that was about black people in tech. Correct. So, <laughs> so going there, I really like thought that it would be hard for me to find anything that related to me in any way. Like, even though it was for black women, I, and I just didn't see how it would, be a lot of benefit for me but Jamika, when I tell you like I cried I literally cried like people cried at that first convening I don't know what it was we were all crying because it was just like this is what we need 
this is what we've been missing. This is the thing that, like, if I could have dreamt what I could create to help people feel like they belonged in a community, this is what it would feel like. Also in that meeting, I realized that I dressed really poorly and w- did not plan for winter. Winter in D.C. In DC. <laughs> oh my goodness, it was freezing. And the keynote and, and, that year. And the keynote that year, everybody cried. And I'm taking pictures. I got a cardigan that's buttoned up and I look a hot mess. But I look at the smile on my face in that photo with all those amazing women. And I'm just like... They did that. Like, they really did that. And it changed my perception of belonging in the community so much. Like, so much. So I really felt like I could I could be a part of that. I could. Instead of being like, I'm just here doing this job. Wow. Thank you for that. Yeah. That was special. And I think it solidified for me personally that we could do this and this is hard to do. Like it's hard to create intimacy in a conference setting. I think we had about a hundred people in that room. Yes. And it was the first time we'd opened up the conference for all to attend. And again, it was okay. We got a couple, a little while to get this together. And so we'll see how it goes. Michaela Angela Davis was one of our speakers. Faye Cobb Payton was one of our speakers. It was a really great example of what having Black women's voices in the room could do. And there was this immense outpouring of, this is how I feel. And then we were passing the mic. Well, in fact, I think there was one person who was thinking about not going to grad school anymore and dropping out. And it was a different experience, mm-hmm. a valid experience. And it was powerful because after she was sharing, somebody else wanted to offer something to pour in her spirit. Well, here, pass the mic over here. This is what I did. And let's stay connected because I want to do this. And then somebody else asked, you know, got the mic. And it was a room of love that you could feel. You could feel how powerful it was to connect with each other because when do we get to do that? When had we ever done that? In Not that, ever. Right. I mean, Never. one or two Not groups, ever. maybe a mentor, a mentee, a group of people supporting, you know, being supported by one person, very important should still continue. But I never experienced that before. And yeah. I'm like a visual learner kind of person or like the visual imagery that I get from this is like you go throughout your day, you go throughout your life and you just continue like you're this hard surface and you get these chips and these nicks and they just, you know, chip and nick on you all day. You have all these holes, you're a poor surface. You come to black computer, you get into a bowl and you are just poured into and everything just gets filled. Like, and that's the best way I can describe it. It's just all of those different microaggressions and things that happen to you just all of a sudden get filled field and like whenever I come back from the conference I have the energy I have the time I'm like okay I can do this I am re-energized because everything else that happens to you is just so combative and it's like why am I doing this why am I here and just it just chicken soup like I was telling Jeremy it's chicken soup for the black woman soul talk about it though that's the thing that that's the thing that I loved is like I don't have to tell you my pain Mm -hmm. because you've been here like I don't have to reach into that part that I don't really want to talk about. Like we don't have to go there. Yep. Let's talk about where we go from that. Mm-hmm. Like what are solutions? What are things like, who do I connect with that can help me do X, Y, and Z? Where's the research on this? Why don't we have that? Who wants to help build it? Like all of that is so like I go into meetings all the time and it's like, Hey Jeremy, what is your experience with blah, blah, blah. And I don't want to tell them. Right. Like not today. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Like (laughs) I just have life happening and I'm not trying to access that piece of who I am. I don't ever feel that way. It's not a performance. It's not a, you go to conferences and it's always like, I have to be on, I have to, you know, I, I have to be professional Jeremy And I'm not saying that I'm not professional Jeremy around black women. (laughs) What I'm saying is like, I don't have to 
think about how I phrase something. And you don't feel like you're under the microscope where it's like, oh, everything I say is going to be examined and measured and someone's going to say, oh, she's not as smart because she did X or, you know, you just feel like it's not as calculated. It's like, or, I can or just... you're going to take what I just said and use it against me. And some right. way. like we were all, it was like a family reunion, but of all of the matriarchs. Yes. This is really helpful to hear because on the other side, I'm organizing and I'm planning these conversations. I'm planning these experiences and I hope they go well. I hope they, you know, go off without a hitch. And what you're confirming for me through your own experiences is that, yeah, you're able to get something out of it. And it's absolutely the case that coming to this conference means you don't have to explain yourself to anybody. And not a person. you know that there's going to be another connection there that's unspoken. You can talk about it if you want to. In fact, we're going to talk about a lot of things at this coming conference. Uh, but you don't have to. And there's this connection that is unspoken and rich and powerful. And you cannot get that everywhere. And it's part of also why we keep the conference number pretty small. Like we could get be into a thousand, two thousand. You know how many black women are in tech now? Whole bunch of people, because <laughs> they're going to all. It's a whole thing. Exactly, they're going to these it's other black women now. in tech conferences, which is fantastic. Um, but we actually do well with a very intimate number of people there, and would love to grow. But that's not the point. The point is, yeah. how do we create the space that keeps on giving? And thank you both for sharing that experience because it reminds me, yeah, this, this is working. This is working. Mm -hmm. I don't ever need to wear a button down cardigan again. (laughs) No to the button down cardigans. I had on this hideous Morticia (laughs) Adams, long black dress with like boots because it was January. It was. Yes, it was January. January. And I'm from DC. So I know I'm like, oh, there might be snow, but it was, it's hideous. But the picture of us, there's so much joy in that I picture mean, in so many hideous outfits. Door. It, it, <laughs> I would have been fine, but the door just kept sliding open and then gusts of frozen outside came in. And I was just like, no, I have to protect myself. I'm going to put the picture on the website. I'm going to put the picture. You have to. Yes, I, I have the picture. It's on somebody. I didn't post it. Somebody's thing comes up every year that reminds me that I wore that hideous dress. <laughs> 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 oh, awesome. I will dance. post it on the website if you listen to this episode com. <laughs> you okay. shall see it that is so awesome. is there anything that we missed that you feel like you know because this episode really was for people to understand Black Computer and also get some information about your upcoming conference but if there's anything else that you want to share I'm all ears because like I said before, anytime you speak, I'm trying to be there and I'm here right now. So yes, please. Well, I, I think we've run the gamut. I do want to talk a little bit about this year's conference and our speakers, uh, which I'm really excited about. And again, give people information about registering um, because this is our five years we are celebrating and our theme is looking back to move forward. And the opportunity that we have now is to reflect on Black women's experiences in tech, uh, how we bring in our girls along as well, and thinking through what the future looks like. And so we have four main plenaries that will get us to all of that. Uh, We have uh, an opening plenary that will feature Merlene Santil, whom, if you don't know, is the founder of Black Women on Boards. She herself is on and has been on numerous tech boards. Um, And this year made history uh, as Black Women on Boards was at the NASDAQ and rang in the opening bell celebrating uh, Black women in tech and in particular uh, the first Black board member uh, who was a woman, uh, nationally. So incredible organization and incredible person that I'm excited to say is, is going to be a conversation that I have with her, Merlene Centil. Um, we're also having a conversation uh, around how Black women support each other. We've talked a lot about there being the need to support us as a community, which is absolutely the case and will always be the case. 
But what happens when we need to share some constructive learning and constructive development to ourselves? You know, I've been black a long time. I've been a black woman a long time. <laughs> and I've got black women who are friends and I'm a friend, to, I'm a black woman who is a friend to others. Uh, other Black women. And we don't always have the right conversations and we don't always understand the context of what it really means to help each other. So what might the conversation look like if we get real for a moment about helping each other succeed uh, through constructive feedback, but also in supporting what we may not always want to hear, which is sometimes the truth. And so we're going to have a conversation Mm. about that. We're going to also have a conversation uh, about the research that right now has focused on black women, but sir, or black folks in general, but surveying that landscape to really focus and center on black women and ensuring that we make space for black women as we do more research uh, in the space around computing and tech. And then we have a special plenary as well where we are bridging the gap between black women and girls and focusing on how we might support each other and continue to reach back as our girls who will become women are also part of this narrative of supporting each other. And so some of our speakers include Faye Cobb Payton, who has been our NSF program manager for, for a couple of years here. It includes Ebony McGee and Nicole Joseph, who are dynamic and amazing professor at, professors at Vanderbilt who center on race and gender and STEM and computing uh, Sheena Arete, PhD computer scientist, uh, professor at DePaul University. Wow, it includes uh, Dr. Jean Muhammad, who is professor at Hampton HBCU, chair of computing. Um, uh, Hadia Majid, who is the founder of HBCU Venture Capital. So there's some dynamic dynamic speakers who are coming this year. And I'm truly excited. Uh, We have been celebrating all of those speakers online and we will be unveiling in the next few days, some of our tech talk uh, speakers who uh, have submitted to speak. And it's really exciting. I'll share again that registration is open. Go to blackcomputer.org. We keep registration costs low to ensure that as many people as possible can participate, which it's something I'm really proud of because you go to a conference these days and even though they're virtual, they're still very expensive. The registration mm-hmm. costs are really expensive. And so for us, we have kept it at $50 for the last couple of years because we want folks to be able to attend and for it not to be a hardship in part because members of our community have been adversely affected by the pandemic and are more likely to be in between jobs or looking for opportunities to increase their pay other parts of a conversation that we're going to have at the conference this year. So we want to keep the registration cost manageable. And as I mentioned earlier, we will have a couple of blitzes where your registration costs will be covered by a scholarship. So you won't even have to pay $50 uh, to attend. So I'm really excited about that. And I cannot leave out the fact that you too, both of you are going to be our MCs for the conference and you're going to be facilitating much of this conversation. So uh, get your tickets because they're moving fast. We're already a third of the way through our available oh tickets. And generally they pick up uh, as we get closer to the conference starting next week. So we expect to, to sell out for sure. I'm excited. Do I need a ticket? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking too. I was like, can I do, can I do We got y'all. I got y'all. I got y'all. Just make a show. Make a show. I'm excited I can't wait for this year like I've known a good number of the speakers you know for a bit and I know they're gonna have a lot to share with it's just a good time all the time and it's never the same time like it's always something different that you can just learn from and just have pour into your life so I'm excited we get to host Y'all already know our personalities, so you know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> and we're over, we've been scheming since the first conversation. Oh, yeah. Like we have, you have no idea. We have ideas that we can't share with <laughs> you because we don't want you to have any kind of idea of where it's going. Like none, no concept whatsoever, but just know the plan is planned because yes. I'm a civil engineer. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm just, I'm just. I'm without words. I cannot wait. I am humbled that you both said yes. I'm honored that the community is still here and believes in our mission. And I'm excited about what's to come. We've got a lot of things cooking and I can't wait to talk about them when they're ready. But I think it speaks to the longevity of this 
and resilience of this amazing community. So thank you for the opportunity to serve is, is my gratitude. Well, thank you for sharing everything about the conference and about Black Compute Her. And honestly, like, we know that you have all of the ideas. It's really just, you know, where's the money at? Like, that's, we're trying to get to where the money resides. And so if we can get that, <laughs> we gonna do all the things, okay? So if you are listening and you are thinking about, you know, <laughs> dropping something somewhere, that's our family, okay? Yes. So help Support our, our fans out, yeah, yeah and, and give them everything that they need because I want to see it. I want to see it happen. I also would like to continue to go to all the Black Computer Conferences moving forward. Same. Um, oh, no, you stuck with us now. Like, you had us MC. We live here now. Look, so. oh, that, yeah. I'm counting on it. Thank you for that shout out. <laughs> Have a look at our sponsors. I'm not going to rattle them off here. They're pretty impressive. Again, we are a technical mm-hmm. conference. So we've got a lot of technical support, but always looking for new opportunities to collaborate, uh, new opportunities for sponsorship and opportunities to grow. And, you know, I, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm excited that you two aren't going anywhere because oh, no. I believe that the best is yet to come for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One last question. So, yes, one last one. If you, you know, because Oprah's listening, Michelle Obama's listening, um, all these people with all this money is listening, what would you do? These are dream talks. Like, what would Black Computer do, Black Computer do with uh, Oprah money? Oprah says, you know what? I'm going to give you guys a million dollars. Actually, a million dollars in the whole lot in research terms. Right. Five million. <laughs> <laughs> 12 and a half. Yes, 12 and a half, 12.5. And Mackenzie, Mackenzie Scott, uh, she's also pouring into folks. So if all of them would like to pour into, like, what's your, like, dream talk? What do you envision? Like, what would be, like, your optimal set of, like, programs or dreams or visions for this group, for this community? Oh, I've always got an answer for that. And I think that's how we're able to grow because you never know who's going to water that seed. I see Black Computer as a conglomerate. Right now we're a nonprofit, 501c3, so your your support is tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Uh, <laughs> but I also see, <laughs> I can see Black Computer Enterprises, right? I can see Black Computer Incubators. I can see us developing support and pouring into every dimension of tech careership that is part of our experience for entrepreneurship. If you want to develop your own company, you develop on your own idea, have a startup. How do you get there from soup to nuts? If you want to be a contributor in both the academic, in either the academic or the tech space, how do you do that? How do you switch between the two? How do you succeed once you get in the door? If you want to mentor uh, other black women and girls, if you want to be mentored, this is where you go. If you want to know how to build your skills for the next generation of tech wisdom and techpreneurship and tech offerings, this is an organization you go through, especially if you want top talent who happen to be Black women and girls. Not because they're Black women and girls, they're highly qualified, but they happen to be Black women and girls. In fact, we're doing all of this right now. What I would love is that this is something that's scalable because this is a community that works for the community. And so I can see us having more of these conversations with women who have come into the conference, become part of the community, now become leaders within the community, developing their own programs. We are pouring into their programs that are now scaling and multiplying, and it becomes a community of community. And that, in my mind, is how you change the world, by giving everyone a voice, uh, expecting that everyone can do well, but also sustaining that momentum and ensuring that there is an opportunity for us to continue to grow and connect with each other. And that's where we're on the path. So if you want to give us some more support, I would love to talk about what that looks like because we're already on that path. And so that, for me, is, is really exciting. Thank you. I love that. Thank you both. 
isn't asking all the fancy people that question yes because that's the thing when you have a vision for something it's like okay this is what i can do right now Mm -hmm. but if i had infinite resources this is the trajectory Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the fun part of it for me well that's the feeling jeremy doesn't like when i ask that question i don't i don't (laughs) why i just i feel like she's doing the work already yeah just give us the stuff and that too that too. It was what we need, you know? Like, I could see if it was someone who was like, I just am thinking about doing it. They are doing this. Oh, yes. They are definitely doing the work. So Absolutely. That's why I'm like, mm, doesn't matter. And I received that. We'll... Black that. women will find a way. That's you right. Know? I mean, like you know, right. to be honest, with this, we're we're in our five years of this conference using a two-year grant. And in many ways, mm. that's thanks to the pandemic, right? We haven't met in person for a couple of years, and so we've been able to to stretch it out a bit. Um, but that, that's exactly it. I mean, additional funding always helps for scaling. We're going to make it happen, but what might black computer look like if it weren't just locally housed here in the DC area? We're, we're certainly global, but what would it look like if black computer existed in local chapters and we had opportunities to scale locally, right? We are a global, certainly a national organization that provides grassroots leadership, But with additional funding or even additional support through people, we get to scale that, right, in lots of different ways Mm -hmm. and do it sooner and faster than we would given our regular day jobs, right? Because Black Computer is Mm -hmm. largely a labor of sight of desk. We'll make this work, but it, it, it. allows us to continue to connect the the connections that we've got, the relationships that we've got more locally. Um, and it also mm-hmm. means that we get to grow our staff. We've already got staffers and, you know, bookkeepers and people who are managing money, you know, as a startup, mm-hmm. which is kind of how we are. We've, we've made our 1 million. We're on to two and three I now, love right? So all the funds allow us to scale and to get to where we'd like to go sooner, but uh, we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that. Jeremy's making that a on that. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Okay. Period. I think we've already talked about how to find you. So, Jamika, thank you so much for your time, for all the effort, for your vision. And I'm just happy that I get to, like, you know, be able to see the star that's continuing to shine brighter and brighter. So, correct. I'm just happy to be in your orbit. That's all. Mm-hmm. That is all. <laughs> I'm so grateful to you both. Thank you. Thank you for the honor of being a two-timer. Not the first, I'm sure. Not the last, I'm sure. But it's an honor to be the first to come back a second time. Thank you both so much. As always, you can find us on our website, modernfigurespodcast.com. Send your questions to askus at modernfigurespodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter. Kyla is at Dr. Underscore Kyla, and I am at Jeremy Waysom. Visit modernfiguresinc.com to learn more about our nonprofit organization aimed at promoting and engaging with women and girls interested in science, technology, engineering, mathematics, and of course, computing. Until next time, stay moisturized, hydrated, mind your business, and protect your peace.